Welcome back to Consciousness Media. This is Miriam Knight from New Consciousness Review, and we're speaking today with Meg Blackburn Losey. Dr. Meg is the author of the new book, The Secret History of Consciousness, The Ancient Keys to Our Future Survival. Um, if you are intrigued by that title, you will be incredibly impressed by the book. I was so excited to read it, and, and I just couldn't put it down for days, and I kept on thinking about it and coming back to it. Meg weaves together an extraordinary portrait of the awakening of consciousness starting from the dawn of recorded history and ancient archaeology through molecular biology, quantum dynamics, to the very nature of the cosmos and the future of humanity. And it's all in 200 pages. This book is an absolute trip. It's like Stephen Hawking meets Zachariah Sitchin meets Gene Rodenberry. And, you know, it really sounds like it's all true. Now, <laughs> I know, I know. Sorry, book, I have to laugh. <laughs> I know this book was inspired by interdimensional beings, but it is crammed with verifiable science. So, Dr. Meg, can I start by asking you to describe your experience of channeling? And what is your connection to these masters? Wow, that could take a few hours. <laughs> First of all, it's so good to be here with you, Miriam. I just love you so much. Um, anyway, so I came, I, basically what happened was I went through a really dark night of the soul many years ago, uh, I don't know, 15 years ago or so. And everything that I knew to be my reality, my creations in this world just fell apart. I mean, I, I was in the dirt, humble as heck. Nothing was working right. I was working out of my car, living on my friend's couch because my, you know, it wasn't comfortable to go to work. It wasn't okay to go home. It just didn't feel good. And, um, and I, I woke up one morning just crying my heart out and I can't even remember that I was dreaming or anything, you know, and, and I was, I had a little talk with myself. Okay, self, obviously nothing's working right. It isn't about everybody else. Let's look at this. And, I really did a heart-wrenching, honest look at myself, and I, I have to say I didn't like it. I was living my life based on what I thought everybody else wanted me to be and not who I really was, and I didn't even know who that was. And so the first thing that happened was I said out loud to nobody in particular, because nobody was there, whoever I am, whatever this is, I accept. And funny thing, you, you know, you've got to be careful. You get what you ask for. Uh, as soon as I did that, the first thing that happened was all of that negative stuff started to fall away. I mean, so fast, it was mind-blowing. The next thing that started to happen was my gifts started to blow wide open, and I wasn't trying to do it. I mean, I was, I had just finally stopped defending myself and, and, and I, and stopped, you know, being something I wasn't. I just started to get really authentic and I had to learn how to tell myself the truth because I didn't know what that looked like. And as I did, the more I did, the more widely my awareness got open and, um, I actually started channeling haha by accident. I wasn't trying to. I didn't even know if I believed in it. Well, and I wanted to ask you what made you believe your senses. I mean, so many people are having what? what made you believe these messages because so many people I have spoken to, you know, they they say they've had these strange experiences, but they think it couldn't possibly be true or they're losing their mind or something, so they don't tell anybody and they don't believe in the <laughs> away. 
it was a real blessing in all of the changes that were happening in my life, going from a total professional, um, one of the top three real estate brokers in the county, to totally changing my life. Um, one of one of the things that happened was I started going to a meeting at at some people's house where they were doing different metaphysical things. I I didn't know about that. I I knew about my gifts, but I didn't know what that looked like or how to go about them or anything like that. And I I wasn't really trying to. I was just trying to meet positive people, honestly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm an extremely intelligent person. I was to start with, and I just I you know I I wasn't sure what I believed in, which was really good. Because what happened was the more I got exposed to people that I could just be myself with and the more that I could say, yeah, um, I know this or, gee, I'm seeing this about you or I'm, I'm knowing this thing and I don't understand about it and people were very accepting about it, it kind of gave me, in a way, permission to keep going. And ultimately the, the channeling started um, just, I mean, out of the blue um, the 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 first uh, being started coming through me. What happened was I became more and more open. I was so much less and less defended. And when it's amazing how much our defenses are, in our everyday life keep us from who we really are. And uh, ultimately that that all started. And then the next thing ha- that happened, I was seeing inside of people's bodies, just like Edgar Casey and being able to read entire systems below atomic structure <laughs> you know and it was just it was just so fast and so much i didn't try to question it i never said who what where when how or why i just kept saying show me because i knew that something amazing was going on and i knew that i wasn't crazy and i had a couple of friends that i used as reality checks you know to kind of keep mm-hmm. me in line if i did get too far off the deep end mm-hmm. which i didn't do and um, the next thing I knew, I, you know, my, my, there was so much energy coming through me, and I didn't know how to release it. I didn't know what to do with it. And, and it, this was, I mean, painful. It was physically painful. It was so intense. And so one morning out of desperation, I got up and I started moving with music, just moving and playing with the energy. I thought, okay, if I can't figure out where the, where the go button is, let's see what happens when I just play with it. And I started doing that every morning before I went to work, and I, and I got frustrated. I started to see it in living color, and I started to see how it moved and shifted and changed, and I started to play with that. And it got to a point, though, where I, I was just so uncomfortable, and I, I kept saying out loud, somebody show me what to do. Well, one day I said that so desperately, somebody actually showed up, <laughs> and it was a it was a it was a moment. It was one of those moments where you really don't know what the heck you're doing. With it. You know, I, I jumped straight up and straight back, and because there was this amazingly beautiful, large, gorgeous, holographic man standing in my living room, and he startled me so much that I literally went, I, met, I bet I landed about eight feet from where I started. And as, and when I did that, he disappeared. And I was like, oh, no, no. I, I, I mean, I, I think I finally got my wish, and I blew it. I, I literally said, oh, I blew it, I blew it. And so I quickly got back into the state that I had been in when I was playing with the energy because I was used to doing that by then. And there he was, patiently waiting for me. He hadn't gone anywhere. I had. I had closed the doors to that ah. awareness. 
and I didn't realize that till about three years later. But anyway, from that day forward was the most amazing series of events where I had a, a series of these guys who would come, and the first one, I didn't hear him, and he didn't speak to me. He just started moving and playing with the energy similarly to what I was doing, but much more effectively, and so I started to mimic him. And as I did, I felt the, the energy draining out of my body. Finally, I started to get comfortable, and I said, well, this can't be all bad, you know. Mm-hmm. And so every morning I put myself in that space and in that place, and they showed up, like by appointment. And over time, there was, like I said, a series of them that took me through different different aspects of learning about creation and consciousness and transmutation and and even creating reality and healing. I mean, they they showed me holographic bodies that would rotate and show me where the energies were different and that kind of thing. And, And I had no idea what any of it meant, and I never asked. I was so humbled by the experience that I I just kept saying, show me. And then it got to a point where it was like, oh, this is great. Now show me what to do with it Mm -hmm. because I had no clue what this stuff was. And um, ultimately they started putting the pieces together. Well, I actually did um, in our world. I started to learn how to apply some of them, and and I started even working with people uh, um, doing healing work. For a year, I worked with people and said, I have no idea what I'm doing, but if you're game, I am. (laughs) (laughs) And what I realized was it really worked. I saw tumors go away. I saw genetic heart defects disappear. I saw broken bones, men. And I said, you know, there's something to this. And uh, it just kind of grew. It just kind of grew. And then I started writing about it, and here we are. You know, it's it's been an amazing journey. and, and, And in all of that, I think the greatest thing that I learned was that it's not about me, that we all have the capability to to have these experiences or get into greater knowing, um, but that we block it because we think that we have to be a certain way in the world. And when I gave that up, I realized just how much more there is. So, Meg, who are these guys, and, and why do you think they're bringing through this information at this time? Who they are, it's actually a group of beings. It's a, a, a group consciousness because they confer with each other telepathically. It's amazing to watch. Um, and they said that to name them would, or to, to try to define them would no longer be truth because they were infinite in their, in their consciousness and in their being because what they do is they assemble based on what I'm doing. So it's not always the same one or two or ten. Mm-hmm. It's, it, they, they assemble based on the energy that's brought forward, the, the, whoever's with me at the time, and what the intention or the information might be about. So um, the, I never had a name for them, and I really don't care um, because it doesn't matter. Um, what they have said over time is that, we really need help. <laughs> you know, the human race is, is on a really um, uh, rough direction. And, and if we're going to survive, we need to remember who we are and what we're capable of and um, how to treat each other and a whole lot of other things. And so they say when we grow, they grow because everything is in, intricately connected. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. So we're kind of bringing down different parts of creation with a lot of our negative stuff and and the condition of our planet and that kind of thing. And, and um, they, you know, they've been with me nearly 15 years now. This particular group's been with me, I don't know, 10 or 12 years, very consistently. 
And what's awesome is why I was laughing when you said that about Stephen Hawking's was every time I put something out about the nature of science and creation or consciousness, some scientific auspice ends up with a revelation right after I release it. Uh-huh. And at when I when I did Pyramids of Light, the first book, which you when we first met, you saw that was my first one. I published it myself. That was in two thousand and four, I think. Yeah, I didn't. I wasn't ready to talk to the world about all of this so widely yet because I was still trying to get my own grip with it, you know. Mm-hmm. And um, I put out Pyramids of Light, and eight months later, the cover of Science Magazine had almost exactly the same graphics that I had put in my book that I had drawn myself. And then today, yesterday, we released The Secret History of Consciousness, which I'm so happy to have written. And today, there's an article on the, in the Daily Mail over in the UK all about Stephen Hawking's new theory that God didn't create um, the universe. <laughs> and, the, and the article talks very much like I did what the masters taught me. Uh, I call all those guys the masters for lack of anything else. Um, what they taught me, and I talked about the secret history of consciousness from a metaphysical point of view, now has an article, scientific article today, um, and Stephen Hawking has a whole new book about it. So I just feel so happy that, you know, <laughs> I know I'm not crazy, but, you know, it's always nice when science comes out and talks about um, the things that we metaphysically have known for a long time. Absolutely. Yeah. What's the difference between consciousness and thought? Thought, is, thought works strictly from our brain. It's based on electrical impulses that follow a predictive path in our brain. Consciousness is electromagnetic energy. It's actually faster than the speed of light, and it's not limited to our head or to time or space. So when we quiet the the electrical part of our brain and let ourselves get into our truer awareness, that's our conscious awareness, we can literally travel out of body into any time or space or level of reality and still remain aware of our third-dimensional reality. It's quite fascinating. Once you start doing it, um, it's very easy, and we don't have to follow linear pathways. Uh, You know, the shamanic practices literally follow certain avenues throughout creation, and they're kind of limited. But when you get into a really higher state of consciousness, you really aren't limited. Um, And it's our thinking self that keeps that from happening, our logical nature. So do you think that um, we all have the ability to develop our consciousness uh, to that extent? Absolutely. You you talk about gamma consciousness in the book. What do you Uh mean by that? Well, you know, we have different types of brain waves we have, that we use at different times. You know, when we're meditating, we use the theta wave. Mm-hmm. And in everyday life, we have, you know, the alpha, the beta, the delta waves, one for sleeping, one for when we're awake, one I'm not sure about. I don't remember right this minute. But um, basically, those different brain waves serve different purposes and levels of our, our waking awareness or sleeping awareness. Well, when you get beyond that, what uh, what the guys showed me, I call the masters my guys, <laughs> what they showed me is that there are basically three levels of that, and they follow. You know, in all of creation, um, energy moves in a spiral form. That's been proven. And in all, almost all of the sacred sites, to some degree or the other, um, pyramids have been used, and the, the sacred spiral has been used, which is based on the Fibonacci sequence, which many, many people are familiar with. Mm-hmm. Um, they talked about it in movies recently with um, Tom Hanks and the um, Dan Brown movies and stuff. Well, the Fibonacci sequence 
also applies to our levels of consciousness. We have the it it it's a, it creates a spiral pictorially, and it's basically just a mathematics formula. Well, that also applies in our head, and there are three levels of it that I've actually worked with and and discovered. Um, the the spiral the the smallest part of the spiral goes around our pineal gland. Modern medicine doesn't know a whole lot about what it's there for. Mm-hmm. Um, it starts out and it's in the center of our brain, and then it spirals outward, wider and wider, goes across the front of the forehead, up across our crown, and down to the base of our skull where our occipital bones are. Well, when we get into different levels of consciousness. The first level of gamma consciousness is what I call initiation. That level is when we begin to get um, aware. We see things out of the corners of our eye. We see colors maybe a little bit. Might see flashes of something and we're not sure what we're seeing. You know, those things that make us wonder, but then we kind of blow them off. That's initiation. That means that we are starting to actually tap into that other part of us. Um, then when you work with that and kind of really learn to set the thinking part aside, the next level is at the crown, and I call that communion. And that's when we can literally go multidimensional with our consciousness and interact with beings on other levels of reality. This, I mean, this sounds like science fiction, but it's real, and I teach it, and people get it. and are able to bring that into their everyday lives, you know. And then the third level is the ascension point, which is right there at the pineal gland. When we get into that level, what happens is the energy fields around every strand of DNA in our bodies expand and unify the energy field in the body, which is also unified with the consciousness. And we can physically and consciously travel anywhere we want in creation. Okay, if we're all unlimited beings, why did we decide to play the game of being humans in darkness? Well, we're, we're an expression of creation that has um, senses and tactile feelings and emotions. When we're, when we're in our light bodies and we are in that source energy, that, that creation energy, which is always present, by the way, when we're in that, we are unified with everything. We have, we still have a sense of self. It's very difficult to explain if you haven't been there. But it, it, you have a, a sense of self, but there are no boundaries to that. It's like you're touching everything with all of your beingness. And it's a very blissful state. And it's, a, it's a, an encompassing awareness. But as human beings in the level of creation that we are, and that's a whole other story, mm-hmm. but in the level of creation that we are, there are certain densities. And in order for creation to express itself in our level of density, it, we began, consciousness began to come together in more mass, like our shapes, our human shapes. And we are able to experience emotions, the depth of love, to be touched by another human being, which we all crave, um, to have the senses of taste and smell and and hearing and all of the things that make being human so exquisite. And when we have these experiences, we actually communicate them back into creation, and creation is constantly rearranging to give us greater and greater experience. Wow. Wow. You offer a series of meditation in the book based on star symbols. Tell us about them. Well, I call it light language for lack of anything else. 
I started, you know, quite a few years ago when I was in the midst of all of this, I started to see these symbols and, and um, they would come to me in visions and, and I didn't know what to do with them. I started writing them down. And um, what I later realized is that they're they're like whole libraries of information. They're the they're the most wide concept in the in the smallest detail, all wrapped up into a nice neat little bundle of of information. Kind of like it's shorthand. Like, uh, yeah, <laughs> consciousness or the creation way of shorthand. Only sometimes they come in combinations. I've actually been working. Um, during healing sessions and seeing them raining down on people. And my fingers sometimes will automatically start drawing the symbols, and I thought, well, there must be something to this. <laughs> so um, what I did was I started really paying attention and, and just kind of sitting with them because they don't communicate in a logical format. They become part of you. Um, when we get out of our logical self, our thinking brain, what happens is we absorb information um, in the white particles that came together to be us. And, you know, light um, holds information. Fiber optics are a great example of that. Mm-hmm. And, well, we're, we have that in us. And so when we, when we absorb information in a non-linear, non-logical format, it becomes part of our energy field and a part of our awareness. And funny thing, when we cognitively need something, it surfaces. So that's what these symbols do. They also initiate our energy fields to higher states of awareness, different aspects of awareness, different levels of consciousness even. And I've actually since learned how to work with them to a really full degree, and that's coming soon. But um, I wanted people to begin to see the nature of these um, in relation to consciousness, so that's why I put those in the book. Mm. Uh, they're they're just they're just I can't tell you the kind of experiences people have had over the last few years as I've started to share them, mm-hmm. and uh, they they can bring a, a lot of awareness really quickly. What was really cool was um, when the Nag Hammadi Gospels were translated. They were the documents that were found in Nag Hammadi in I think what 1942 or 43, mm-hmm. and there's one in there called the um, the Gospel of Truth. And I was reading that, and I got absolutely blown away because thousands of years ago they were talking about the living symbols and the and the light as it came in in living uh, symbols, and I was so excited. <laughs> Another validation that I'm totally not crazy. <laughs> <laughs> not that I care anymore. I finally got to that point, but you know, it's it's always nice to see. But to know that people thousands of years ago um, were having the same experience. It's just so beautiful. Yeah, yeah. What were some of the most surprising things that the Masters have revealed to you um, in this book? Wow, I don't know where to start. Oh, just pick one. (laughs) Just one? Um, I think the most amazing thing that I've learned in all of that is that we are all aspects of creation, which can also translate to aspects of God, because we have the power to create and be anything that we can imagine. And we're always taught, you know, that we're imperfect, and we have to achieve a singular purpose to have made a difference in our life, and that we and we have to know what our life purpose is and, and all of that. But what I realized was that Our purpose is every moment that we exist, 
every moment, and that we are such powerful beings that it's indescribable because we are so unlimited. And I think that and how it's all put together, which is too long to talk about, Mm -hmm. changed my entire value system and my entire perspective of creation. You know, basically what it comes down to is the drama and trauma is so trivial, you know, <laughs> that all of these things that we worry about don't make any difference at all, and, at all, and they really don't make any difference at all. No, no. Um, and, and to know that um, we're all aspects of each other and creation, and, you know, and, and to really understand the, the true meaning of what the one is, I think is what really um, blew me away. Oh, wow. Couldn't top that. What's your next project? Though I, I don't imagine how you'll top this one. Actually, <laughs> I have a couple going on. I have designed, it took me several years, uh, a deck of cards um, where people can use the symbols mm-hmm. for meditation, for healing, and even to read themselves and where they are on their journey and stuff. We're working on getting those published, and I think that's going to have to happen pretty soon. But um, And my next book is all about multidimensional healing, which that comes out next year. I've already written it. It's fully illustrated, even with floating bodies and everything, um, and the symbols and how to use them, and, and how to use what the secret history of consciousness teaches in relation to healing. You uh, Are you doing any workshops or tours coming up? You know, I am. I have a schedule on my website, which is www.spiritlite.com. And um, I'm also doing journeys everywhere. Lots of exciting things going on. And uh, if anybody wants to get in touch with you, they can do so through your website, presumably. Yeah, they just go to my bio page, my emails there and everything. Right. And I'm also on Facebook and Twitter and uh, pretty much everywhere else you can imagine at this point. (laughs) (laughs) You are, in fact, an interdimensional being. Yeah, it's it's starting to look that way even in this world. It's a lot of fun, though, you know. And people say, how do you do it? I say, I never look up. I stay now. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Meg, it's been such a delight speaking with you. Thank you so much for joining us. You too. Thanks for having me on. This is Miriam Knight speaking with Dr. Meg Blackburn-Losey on her new book, The Secret History of Consciousness. And I hope you'll join us next time when we'll be speaking with Dave Markowitz. Dave is the author of Healing with Source, A Spiritual Guide to Mind-Body Medicine. Dave is a medical intuitive, and I understand he's the real deal, so you won't want to miss it. See you then. Goodbye. Goodbye.